Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freightwaves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by one of my very best friends in the industry and just a fantastic resource for all of you, Leah Shaver, President and CEO of the National Transportation Institute, the trucking industry's principal authority on driver pay data and trends. Leah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always good to see you on the other side of the mic, Jeremy. Well, you've reached a milestone. This is the fourth time I've had you on the show as a guest. You're the first person to reach that milestone, which I think says a lot about how much value you bring to the industry. And like you said, you're also a regular uh, as a guest host throughout the year. And uh, so I'm so glad to have you uh, again on the show. We're obviously going to talk about driver pay trends that you're seeing in the market, what fleets should be maybe considering from a driver compensation perspective, especially in today's freight environment. Uh, Certainly want to get your insights into recruiting and retention. And then, of course, we'll answer a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does all that work for you? I always have something to say. Yes, you do. And that's what I appreciate about you. Uh, Now, before we dive in, uh, I am curious, as is the custom, if there are any books that you might want to recommend for the audience? Anything that's impactful to you recently? I'm so glad that you asked. Um, I currently have some really heavy hitters. I mean, bestsellers on my nightstand. You're not going to believe this. Um, I pulled them for for you because though you don't typically ask me this question, I do hear, I listen to the podcast, as you know, as a listener before I host it. And um, I I know that you asked this question, so I, I brought them here to my desk for you. Um, the newest one that we are reading, Goodnight Tractor, okay? Um, uh, and, and there's actually even a pop-up John Deere at the end, as you can see, very popular, very popular. And another big one, uh, also from the bestsellers list, How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight? You do not want to miss out on this one. And the last one, such such a heavy hitter in the Shaver household that I actually know it by heart. I no longer uh, carry the book with me. Did not even bring it to our place in Minnesota from Florida. It's Goodnight Moon. I can recite it for you here, uh, but that one is the heaviest, and I, I would not pass that one by. Well, three fantastic books, and I can say your your taste has changed a little in the last you know year year plus. But uh, but that's encouraging to see. It's those are some elementary foundational building blocks. Yes. So thank you, thank you for sharing those. And for You're those welcome. in the audience who haven't seen those or read those yet, uh, uh, you can easily order them. They can probably be to your house in a day or two from Amazon. I so. yeah, I, I think I think like Goodnight Moon is a was a same day delivery for us. But um, the other ones were gifts for Kai. Um, as you know, I'm a new mom. He just turned one. 
And so um, his his aunts and cousins here in Minnesota, these were the the birthday gifts waiting for him here. Fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I know I know that was something that was uh, that you were excited. You had them ready for us. Um, now, like I said, you've been on the show a number of times, and uh, and of course, you are a well known expert in the industry, and uh, as NTI is as well. But there are maybe a few people out there who maybe don't know you or aren't familiar uh, enough with you. So I'm curious if you might just give a maybe a quick introduction to who is Leah Shaver and what is NTI. Sure. Um, I'm the I'm the president and CEO of NTI. And since 1995, we have been the principal authority on driver and technician wage and benefit benchmarking. Uh, we track nearly 200 attributes of compensation along with perks and programs that impact folks anywhere that professional drivers and technicians are vital to success. So any company that employs drivers and techs is typically going to be someone that we're working with. Uh, we also have an index for contracts. We track market-level earnings for employees and contractors in nearly every metro area of North America. And ultimately, we show up to work every day to deliver opportunities for fleets to grow, to attract additional workers, and expand in the market with an appropriately compensated, engaged, and retained workforce. Thank you very much. For those few who didn't know that, now you know. And uh, it's been a year, I think, about a year since the last time uh, we got together on this show and talked about driver pay. And obviously since that time, uh, things have changed, right? Things, the freight market has, has certainly gotten softer. I'm curious if maybe you can share what what's happened with driver pay, you know, over the course of the last maybe 12 to 18 months, uh, maybe have the pay increases, you know, slowed down. And then, uh, maybe if there are any trends that uh, you or NTI have identified over the past year, can you, can you unpack that a little? For sure. Um, the, you know, I'm not an economist. Uh, I do report what happens in the market. And, um, you know, based on that, uh, we're often asked for a forecast. And um, so when we do any kind of forecasting, we look at history and and that kind of tells us what we can expect for um, the coming year. And, and actually, we were pretty on target with what we forecasted so far for 2023. Um, you know, we're halfway through and where in the last few years, as fleets put a lot of urgency on recruiting and on new entrants to the industry specifically, uh, we saw a lot of wage gains for those early entrants in the industry. And that was unique to this, this most recent period. But wage gains have been appreciated mostly by what we refer to as the bottom of the lead funnel. So the safest uh, experienced drivers, folks that train, that are certified in hazmat, that haul tanker, that do labor, um, otherwise, pay gains for drivers this year are going to be pretty exclusive to incentives. So think safety, productivity, fuel, tenure-based bonuses, anything that amplifies the paycheck in ways that also improves the fleet's bottom line and performance. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, as that's natural, you would expect, I think, in, in these uh, economic times and all the survey data that you that you collect. I mean, how how else do you put that data to use? Like, wh what does it look like maybe when you when you take this data, these trends, and you work with motor carriers, private fleets, and navigating, you know, these ups and downs, you know, um, how do you use that that data that you compile? Well, this year is a great year for strategy, right? Um, you know, the best and 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 most impactful fleets want to prep for when the market does turn again. So um, they're tightening up on processes and on performance. 
Um, when the market is booming and there isn't enough capacity, i.e. big money and deals are coming in, mistakes are often overlooked. So this is a period where patching leaks, squeaks, if you will, um, any missed opportunities, this is a really good time to focus on that. And I would also tell you that tough economic times are when those best performing fleets actually thrive. Um, it's also still extremely competitive for that bottom of the lead funnel. So any folks that have specific experience requirements, um, you know, license requirements, endorsement requirements, more specialized drivers, they are still going to be poaching, if you will, a driver working in a fleet, uh, you know, long tenured in a fleet to, to uh, really try to convince them to come over to their company. So they are still amplifying their message about their pay, about their benefit programs, uh, still looking at competitive wages and what programs are actually effective, not only at hiring, but at keeping these essential workers in their seat and not at a competitor. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, we've seen this slowdown. You know, we've been talking about it. You hear about it. You see it all the time. It's certainly having an impact on on motor carriers. There's headlines everywhere. Um, now, there's something that probably doesn't show up in a headline as much, but certainly still noteworthy. Uh, you see reports, especially on LinkedIn and some of our other, you know, uh, professional uh, social media type sites where, you know, you hear that companies are cutting staff. They've cut staff, especially non-driver staff. But mainly because I assume because recruiting is slowed, and you joined uh, Driver Reach for a webinar. I think it was earlier this spring about this particular issue, and made a lot of great points. And and the last thing a company should want to do is get rid of great people, right? No matter whether they're drivers, recruiters, HR, any part of the operation. What are some ways that companies can avoid making that decision, especially with people that are you know they're great employees, they're productive, they meet a lot to the company. Uh, core value, you know, they check that box and they just make the company a great place to work. How can we avoid having to make that decision? Uh, you know, um, first of all, uh, talking point wise, I would tell you that we are still at record low unemployment in the U.S. And there are some markets, you know, just from a coaching perspective, anytime unemployment is below 4%, NTI will um, focus on this as a as a talking point because it means that um, folks that might potentially become drivers are even less likely to do so because other industries are also amplifying their message about pay, about um, you know the programs that they have that not only attract folks into their companies but but make them want to stay. So unemployment being record low, that said, there are some states that are below two percent in unemployment. 
Um, you know, there have been 1.5 jobs available to every potential worker in the U.S. for quite some time. In some states, that number is almost three. So uh, keep in mind that the folks that you have within your your walls that you've trained, that you've engaged and and really nurtured from a culture standpoint, they they have a lot of value, especially in our industry. Um, it, you know, an industry that historically has always wanted uh, that experience and that knowledge. You, as you know, um, as a vendor in the industry, it's one thing to have a particular product or offering. It's another thing to be able to understand exactly how it can be put to use within your customer's company. And so um, just like that, you know, our, our well-trained staff have that same value and that same ability to talk with drivers um, to to cultivate our fleets and and to help us be really strong when it comes to retention. So to that, I hate to see strong performers in recruiting and talent acquisition lost in this shuffle. Um, top fleets are choosing to redeploy these folks and their efforts in other departments that need a similar skill set and knowledge. So think sales, think brokerage, think fleet management, think retention. I'm such a huge fan. If your turnover is above fifty percent. I am a huge fan of having a specialized driver manager for your new hires, someone who really is passionate about getting folks, um, you know, uploaded into the system. Yes, but but also confident in expressing what their needs, in understanding and speaking and articulating the the company's language, in working with high profile customers, um, you know, understanding the fuel network, et cetera. So. These, this is a really good opportunity to focus on retention. And um, most companies that that we um, interact with that are really working hard to keep keep all of their people, they're they're redeploying those skill sets in in the areas that I mentioned: sales, brokerage, fleet management, driver retention. Well, that's you know you make an interesting point because especially those new drivers that are coming on board, that's where they're most susceptible to to churn, right? To, to for turnover is probably within that first ninety days or so, anyway. So that makes a lot of sense. Every fleet's different. 30, 60, 90, 120. Everyone's got a line. Yes, we hear it everywhere. And um, and having a specialist that that interacts with them in some way and makes that early impact, I, I think, is is key. It'll move the needle, I think, is, is, is your point. Now, what are some ways that fleets can navigate, you know, driver pay in this slower freight cycle? You know, if, especially if mileage pay or hourly pay isn't seeing the same momentum. What can fleets do to engage with drivers around pay topics? Um, Particularly, as you said earlier, with with an eye on fleet profitability in this current market, any any particular examples that you can uh, can share? Yes, um, absolutely. You know, think back to what I mentioned about performance and um, in any way that we can also improve a fleet's bottom line. So, safety incentives, productivity incentives, fuel, tenure based bonuses. Um, you know, tenure-based bonuses don't have to be a given. And and frankly, no matter the market, um, you know, yes, drivers want to see pay amplification, but for the most part, companies and drivers alike see that as being connected to productivity, whether you're paying mileage or hourly, um, you know, that is an acceptable metric as far as, uh, you know, how much work you're doing every day. But but ultimately, it doesn't have to be given. And, and so amplifying that paycheck in a way that improves the fleet's bottom line and communicating that with all of your mobile workforce, um, you know, connecting those pay improvements with safety, productivity, with fuel, I, I think that those are crucial. And, and um, 
you know, fuel can go in a, in a number of different ways, not only in terms of efficiency, but also in network compliance. Interestingly, you made a comment earlier about, uh, you know, uh, record unemployment, you know, uh, record low unemployment. And it's a really good point because I had a recent conversation with another very good vendor, uh, industry vendor friend who asked me, is this the worst you've ever seen it? Now, this person has not been in the industry as long as, as I have and, you know, and not as long as you have, but this is year 20 for me. And I said, oh, not at all. This is, the, I mean, yeah, sure. It's softer than it has been, but it's not that bad compared to like 2008 and nine. And I say that because back then there was this, uh, uh, there was such a, a softening in the demand for drivers that, you know, kind of unemployment went up. And there were a lot of people who started, you know, looking at getting into the industry to drive a truck because of that. And you just, you stated the opposite, right? There's, you're not seeing this, this, you know, surge of new entrants into the industry because there is still job opportunities aplenty. So every industry right now is looking for workers. Yes. Um, maybe there's some tech companies that are reducing, right? But, but generally speaking, uh, for the most part, every industry, um, especially in, you know, the industrial worker era, uh, is, is just desperate for talent. And, um, and, you know, I think I did hear a story um, on Marketplace this week that there's a couple of industries that are really going to stand out with wage amplification that's expected. Um, you know, I don't know if you know, but like this month, wage amplification has outshone inflation for the first time in, in quite a while. And so um, there are a couple of industries that are really desperate for uh, for workers. And uh, one is food service. The other is construction, construction being a huge competitor for um, the talent that we have behind the wheel. So keep keep that in mind. Um, but absolutely, um, you know, this is not as bad as, as 08 and 09. And actually, the, one of the top questions that I do get asked right now is, have we seen pay go down anywhere? You know, has any fleet cut back on um, any pay moves that they made in the last few years? And um, where we are seeing uh, reductions, if you will, is just in what it takes to get, uh, you know, to capture that new worker, meaning um, it, it's a little less expensive to recruit someone from one fleet over to yours. Um, that first year driver pay uh, is is not so so competitive, but it is still competitive. You know, we're not seeing any fleets reduce their wages um, there is some strategy, as I mentioned, in terms of performance-based incentives, but the, the, the work environment in general is still very competitive. So, and, and retaining drivers kind of to your point earlier is, is something that you could really put a lot of emphasis on. And I bring that up because, uh, last year you and I were on a show here on freight waves and I think we were each asked if we had a hundred thousand dollars to spend on recruiting and retention, how would we allocate, you know, those resources I think we both said the same. Yeah, we both said the same thing. Eighty-five percent retention, fifteen percent to recruiting. Um, <laughs> right, great minds think alike. Uh, what would your allocation split be now, and and for the rest of the you know maybe the coming few quarters? Would that would anything change? I'm pretty consistent. I think you know that. Um, I always have been. I don't think I would edit my budget allocation. Um, you know, engaging with drivers on areas that they can control that also impact their paycheck, uh, fuel economy, fuel network compliance, safety, service, communication, their health. 
um, you know, being being safe includes being well, and and a driver taking care of themselves every day is a huge challenge. Um, and something that we just don't invest in in communication enough in our industry in general. Um, but overall, communication with our our mobile workforce is so key, and that ongoing engagement is crucial. Um, and it's something that you know, especially I mean. Companies of all sizes, I think that this is a huge challenge. I read today that younger folks, and I mean younger, younger than you and I, um, they really value our engagement in communication like 10x as much as former generations. So you and I, when we started um, you know, in the workplace, we had to work for the opportunity to be heard, um, to voice our feedback. Younger folks, specifically um, Gen Z, they expect it. And so um, that whole work for your seat at the table, et cetera, that is not something that's that's accepted by by younger folks that are in the the work industry. And and also as we've had this kind of divide with having remote work and um, folks, you know, inside, um, younger people are not they're not averse to coming into the office, but they do still want to be heard and they they do want to engage. So all of that being, all of those being tools for retention is 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 my point. And this is a, a good opportunity to segue into our, our deeper dive segment with a with the few minutes that we have left. I've got a couple more questions for you. And certainly wanted to get to this because because a viewer actually who knew you were going to be on the uh, show had a question uh, directly for you. And the question is. Leah, you're active on social media in the driver community, and you host a popular show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Channel. What are drivers seeing and experiencing right now? Are they feeling the changes in the freight market? What are you hearing from the drivers you talk with on a weekly basis? That's a good question. It is a good question. It's good timing. Um, I feel like this has to be someone who heard our our mid year review show um, at the at the start of Q three. We did a mid year review with drivers and. Um, the reason behind the show was, you know, I I work every day with companies, right? That's my my primary perspective, and and hearing the driver perspective is so important because while we don't, uh, you know, solicit drivers for their their data and they don't participate in our studies, they do sometimes dictate what questions we ask fleets because ultimately. Um, as you know, you know, with working with Atri, if the issue is important to the driver, it should be important to the company. It should dictate the type of research that we're doing here at NTI. So anyway, we did a mid-year review show on Road Dog Live, and um, it probably would not surprise you to hear that company drivers in general feel that this year is really on par with last year. They, they're feeling pretty good about their job and about their pay. Um, especially if they have had any kind of bonus put in or pay amplification. Um, the uh, There were just a couple of exceptions related to flatbed because new housing starts are down. And so if they're involved in in home construction, then they might be seeing a reduction in hours. Um, but of course, it's very different with owner operators. So there's still a lot of opportunity um, to, you know, to recruit folks that are not getting the freight that they need and um, or are, you know, don't have contract freight specifically. Um, anyone who's working off of load boards, you know, their revenue is down, their costs are up like everyone between inflation, equipment unavailability, parts, et cetera. And so um, costs are up and revenue is down. So, so those independent contractors are really feeling the pinch in the market right now. Well, 
we've got to address this uh this the, the the issue with millennials we've got to address the 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 driver shortage scenario it certainly may not be top you know front you know page news today right now just because of the softening economy but it's it's still a big deal and i know you and i are both pretty passionate about this as both uh you know being on the board of next generation and trucking association uh which is a, which is a fantastic group and celebrated just celebrated 2 years um it, you know, in existence and trying to solve the, a, a really big problem. We've got to get younger folks into the industry, younger, uh, you know, these, these high school graduates and so on. And so I guess my question for you, you know, we're, our generation, I guess, I, I think we're both in the same, we're, we're both Gen Xers. I think uh, we, we're not, uh, we can't do it all, right? We need to get more Gen Zs into the industry. Any, anything come to mind to you that, what are the ways that we can do to attract them? I know that next gen. I really believe that next gen is on the right path. I think you're going to need some regulatory uh, regulatory help in order to really see that really blossom. But how do we attract you know these you know these Gen Z folks? We need them in the industry. Yeah, I I do think that um, you know I, you mentioned the driver shortage isn't as much of a peak issue this year, and certainly there's some excess capacity in the market, but. I firmly believe that when demand rises again, that we will be in an even worse situation than we were over the last three years. And that's why I cannot emphasize enough to um, not shed our workforce, but to redeploy the resources that we have in other areas that that keep um, and, and really support those folks within. And to that, you know, that's kind of the same tone with, uh, with Gen Z and, and with millennials. Um, millennials are the largest cohort in the workforce in the United States. They are not the largest in trucking. Um, our generation is, and uh, we are aging along with the boomers before us. Um, you know, drivers hold on for as long as they can. They tend not to retire. They really tend to age out or wear out. And so um, we have to do a much better job of utilizing the skills and the resources of our generation who love to mentor and, um, and, you know, have them mentoring, have us mentoring uh, Gen Z and millennials. Uh, you know, where do we start? I think it's in the school level. I think it's in our communities. Um, I think it's within our families. Um, you know that I viciously exploit my son um, as, as our listeners, a future trucker, um, still taking bids for when he turns 18. Um, my team has children. They are an active part of our of our company. Um, my admin's daughter, I you know, I, I've said since she was four years old and and you know, on calls with me that she's going to be the next president of NTI. We absolutely have to amplify um, the the importance of of truckers and all that they deliver, uh, which we use and need every day, and make sure that our kids are are you know continuing that same message. So. Um, promoting programs in our schools, in our communities, in Girl Scouts, in uh, in all of the ways that we can to amplify the message, starting internships early, and creating career path and articulating it to our younger generation so that they want to be a part of our organization and they want to continue uh, you know, the, the career in theirs. Well, you and I both know what a great industry we're in. And we've got uh, less than a minute left, so I do want to ask this final question because I saw a promo recently for a presentation that you're going to be giving later this month, and it's about you know how fleets can uh, evolve um, their their driver job offerings to to meet the demand of the modern workforce. 
And I know that there's a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today, but I know it's a lot deeper than that. So maybe could you share a sneak preview to the insights you're going to share in that presentation? What does it mean, you know, that fleet should evolve their their jobs with the workforce of today and tomorrow? Uh, probably, you know, one key component with new entrants is that they they are typically there's a standard job that we put them into. Um, they they have to adapt to our culture, to our job, to being away from home. Um, that's one of the greatest challenges. They have to be with someone else in the truck for long periods of time away from home. Um, there's no downtime. You know, you're on and you know what it's like. Uh, you and I both have a lot of face time in the industry. When you are on for 18 hours, 24 hours a day, um, that can be really taxing. And so think about being a new driver in the cab of a truck away from home, no downtime, no ability to, to really, you know, check in on, on how things are going or feeling for you. Uh, in, in any event, I, I think adapting the job to, um, you know, to not require so much in cab time, to not require so much time away from home. Um, the job, the jobs in general have really changed as the habits of, of the consumers have changed. And so we need to adapt and, and make training and career path a little bit different for the future generation. And it's kind of like that example of how um, Gen Z, uh, you know, doesn't want to have to work for put in the time to get their voice heard at the table or to have their, um, you know, their their opinions heard and their their perspective to be shared. Um, you know, not everyone wants to be away from home for four weeks to get trained and then get some time to get, you know, our truck equipped and then again go out for quite a while. So I think that could have the greatest impact um, is how we train and 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 what those early days for new drivers look like. Well, first of all, uh, I want to encourage everybody uh, who's listening to visit driverwages.com. Reach out to Leah, uh, communicate with her, engage with her, uh, absorb some content, become a, a subscription, you know, uh, purchaser, and get all kinds of really good data and so so much trend information. Leah, I really appreciate you joining me today. It's always great spending time with you, and I look forward to seeing you at some upcoming industry events. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you could submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. <laughs>